Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Another day. Another chance. We're here with Assemblywoman Stacey Pfeffer-Amato, who recently uh, announced that she's uh, seeking re-election. I want to welcome you to Riding the Wave. Good morning. Good morning. Thanks for having me on this beautiful, hot morning here in Rockaway Beach. Let's talk about, before we get to, before we get to your announcement, let's talk about this beautiful morning in Rockaway Beach. Um, I know that, um, you know, you took over an office uh, from... Uh, Phil Goldfeder, who took it over from your mom, uh, Audrey uh, uh, Pfeffer, and just the nature of how all of you govern. Um, you've you've been so accessible that you know it's great, but you get complaints about everything, you know. And I know that the parking situation has been especially poor uh, this summer with all of the construction, all of the not just infrastructure stuff that's being done, but also development, development, uh, people bringing in uh, new businesses. Uh, the corner over here on Beach 90th Street finally is being uh, addressed. Now, you know, I, I, I walked by it, you know, I walked by it when I saw the construction that was first going on, and I, I was happy about it, you know, because obviously that is a eyesore for this neighborhood. Um, but by the same token, they've now taken out a whole block of parking. <laughs> and... You know, it's not just, you know, you've got nonprofits that work here that need parking. You've got locals that need parking. You've got people that, that commute here to work like I do every day uh, that need parking. And, again, you know, it's, it's just something you have to deal with all over New York City. But I'm sure that it's one of those things that you constantly get uh, complaints about. Absolutely. And um, thank you for having this interview today, first of all. Um, but what you're talking about is quality of life issues, right? Um, you can go back 30 years, and something that we always talk about, there are big issues out there socially, but quality of life issues, and it is a big issue in the Rockaways because we're growing, and growing is painful. And with that does come with the complaints or concerns, we like to say, that a lot of the residents have. And parking is definitely one, like yesterday with the um, 
the announcement of a heat wave, you could, I could see right off my terrace the amount of people coming to the beach. So we have two sides of that conversation, parking and regulations and how it affects on that basis, and then with a growing community of nonprofits, of businesses growing, how are we going to have our residents find parking, the people who work here find parking? So there's a lot of solutions to that, but there's, um, I think we're always going to have a challenge as that um, with growth, I think we tend to lose parking spots. I think we have to do an analysis um, block by block. It was done in Rockway Beach Civic Association to look at where you could pick up spots because if you're losing a few places, um, we have to pick up a few. But I do think there's some solutions, um, you know, to something that I've um, been talking about and I'll tell you I haven't really spoken about it publicly, is to create in some of the spaces in below 56th Street, like where the Field of Dreams were, I think that that has to be leveled and we have to make straight up parking. No charge. It has to be a place where the overload of cars can go. If you're coming here as a tourist for the day, you could park on 54th Street and take a bike share up, or you could walk up to the other facilities. You know, I was away. We tend to want to walk when we go to places like that. And that would give people an opportunity to explore the community and take off some of the pressure that's on, I call like Mid-Island. Also, with the development of um, the Peninsula Hospital site, I think there's a great opportunity to capture some equity, meaning downtown Far Rockaway is being developed and parking is a big concern down there. We know up here now with the increase of tourism or day, you know, our down for the days or just ourselves, our family, like I just said to you, I'm a three-car family. Um, I think with that development of the big space, we can recapture some of the parking that might be lost on each, each way. So if we create some more parking facilities long-term, um, it'll give a field, excuse me, people in the uh, peninsula will be able to have an opportunity to put their car places and maybe take a short train. You don't want to say that, but you can commute then to 116 where you need to go. But we have to take an opportunity of that undeveloped land and really focus that we do need to create some parking. So I haven't really talked about that, how that can get done, but it's something that I do think of quite often. Well, it, you know, it's, it's almost as if you have to hit the, the, the city uh, on a ton of issues, but this this is one that it, you know it, it, it drives me crazy because you know because people come to me and the paper and Ralph Mancini or assistant editor and you know because they know that Ralph is always in the community and he's always asking questions and he's re reporting on stuff doing a fantastic job, but the city's their agenda is that they don't want parking spots they don't want cars they want everyone to ride bicycles and rainbows you know to to where they're going and it. it you know, I get it. I get, I get that you want to reduce the carbon footprint, and I get that you want people to use the ferry. And, and look, I'm, I'm on board for all that stuff. But the reality is, until, uh, you know, again, sunshine and rainbows power vehicles, you need to understand that that's a freedom. That's a personal freedom for people that the city just doesn't seem to care about. So when you're talking about the density of that area, and I know that you, you know, represent that area. When you talk about, um, you know, that density, that, that you know, and, and Donovan Richards was here, Councilman uh, Richards was here talking about that, uh, because I brought that question up about density. You know, it's like, I, I get it, you know, you want affordable housing, but, you know, you keep bringing in more and more people, there's no spots, you, you expect everybody to use transportation when your infrastructure is crap, and people are talking about the A-train. I mean, Donovan Richards himself just had a rally uh, that you were at as well uh, about fixing the A-train. So you, you got to fix it. you got to make it work before 
you bring all these. I mean, look, we're seeing it now. You have the boardwalk. The boardwalk is beautiful. But then everything else around it is not... It's not capable of this influx of people. We want these people to come. We're telling them to come, right. but you can't park, and the train sucks. Right. No, look, transportation's a challenge here, right? That's where um, I feel that I represent the community and having that voice because the mayor has his agenda or what the city feels about Rockaway and the Rockaways as a whole, and that's where I stand up and say, no, but we're different from everywhere else. You're not acknowledging the fact that transportation is a challenge. You're not acknowledging that people in this community drive. And we choose to drive. Like you said, it's our freedom, but you're working against us. And that's not being a supportive government. You know, our jobs are to help you get through the red tape of government, but I shouldn't be fighting my own government. I shouldn't have to. You should trust me enough to know I know best what's with my community. And Councilman Richardson, when we talk, Richard, listen to me, when we talk about it, that we're saying um, the A train is not working well. It's not working well for the shuttle, for the folks on 116. It's not working. So people want to be responsible, but you're not giving me an option, so therefore I get in my car. Or on weekends, to go anywhere else, commute to colleges from here. We choose to have our cars here, but you're going to work against us and take spots and make more density. So that's why I'm picking, on the, picking out the Peninsula Hospital area to say, put the brakes on, folks, because before we start developing that site, let's make sure we acknowledge the fact that we need to include parking facilities in that area. Or we have vacant land next to um, Arbor and View. So let's cut down the trees and just start making some spots because we know there's no infrastructure there, right? There's no power. So just flatten it, create it, make the pay. Because you can see the roads don't go directly to the beach. It ends. Clean it up and make some parking, which will alleviate some of the pressure up here for the rest of us because if you know that you can park at 56th Street, guess what's going to happen? People are going to park on 56th Street and go to the beach there. It'll be easier. It'll make the congestion. But we have to stop what's happening right now. I agree with you completely that there's a lack of listening. And I don't know where that comes from, but we are listening every day. Yesterday I took an hour that the phone, the texts, the Facebook, everything that I was receiving was all about parking and then enforcement. So you're not enforcing on weekends. People are parking um, in front of hydrants and people's property, and we're not getting enforcement. But I, during the week, I'm getting a ticket when I don't move my car. And that's something else that has to stop because that makes the resentment in the community. And, and everyone in this community, you know, I don't want that to build because we are supporting the uh, growth that's happening to our community. But we do, you are going to get resentful right. when I'm getting the $95 ticket. You know, I might be slightly, my tires are on the white, or I was two minutes late for Alden to start the street parking. That's not okay. So we have to have a complete enforcement of the rules on weekends because as residents, we're not moving our cars, Right. I feel bad for the person who has to work on the weekend and find a spot. But people know now not to move their cars. We know it's tight. But when you see um, just, just true abusing of the power, parking on the wrong side, parking in a no parking zone, not getting a ticket, that also is going to make me quite upset. So those are the things on a quality of life issue that we really have to push the city to hear us. And I'm happy to advocate on that. I first thing I do is say, wow, parking issues. We have to have a meeting. There has to be some conversation and traffic. I don't know where traffic is. We talked about it at the beginning of the season. Because I know, I know that the last couple of, and just one last word on this. I don't want the whole interview to be about parking. It could be. We could talk we about could three talk hours, hours about, it. You're <laughs> about right. parking. Um, but you know, the, la the, the, the last two community councils for both the 101st uh, precinct mm -hmm. and the 100th precinct, parking came up in both. You know, so it's, this is not something that 
you know, a couple of locals are just complaining about. This is something that is peninsula-wide, and, you know, it, it seems to be that the people who are it, – it just seems that the people who argue for less parking just are not in touch with reality. They're, they're in touch with whatever – you know, and I get it, man. I'm not one of these people that don't think climate change is real. You know, it's real, and I get it. But the reality is people, you know, want to have cars. They don't want to depend on public transportation. And I'm a guy that didn't drive till he was 35 years old. You know, I used to have to commute to Connecticut to be on the radio, yeah, so I get housing it. Doesn't mean, affordable housing doesn't mean I don't want to have a car. Many people of low income figure out how to have a car because it's the best way that they can get to um, a Costco, a better, you know, to get to the better food store. Now, we have good food stores now with Stop and Shop, but for years we didn't. So people who have lower income make choices. That's your freedom. I could choose that I want to spend my money on a car. So it's like we're trying to correlate that affordable housing means that you don't have to have a car, which that's the ignorance right here. Like, how right, do you but, if, say that? but if they tell you that they're only providing 99 spaces for, for 3,000 units, if you can build a 15-story building like downtown Far Rockaway, don't tell me about, you know, oh, well, we, well you know, parking can't have parking because it has to be underground. Why does it have to be underground? If you can build a 15-story building with all this affordable housing, which is fine, I understand you want to build affordable housing, but you have to... You also have to understand that if you want tourism, if you want people to come spend their money, uh, even if it's from uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, uptown to downtown or downtown to uptown, you have to provide the facilities. You know, it's like people, when, when they closed the beaches, they were like, oh, people can go up further. There's no bathrooms up there. Look, we took and, that fight on, on um, for um, select bus service. Right on Cross Bay, that they busted the, the. There's no stopping now in front of the key Sea Town, and she quoted, I forget what it was, like 40% of her business was down because people who would pull up, go into the store, get what they need in a supermarket, they couldn't do it anymore because you can't pull up. So at least we fought that for Saturday. That you can't have a no stopping zone on Saturday. But a small business owner relies on people pulling up and getting what they need. Oh, I'm going to just stop at that store because I can get the three. T-shirts I need, or I, uh, that item. I mean, so we take parking away. People are not going to do. They're going to say, "Forget it. I'll just go on Saturday when I drive to the mall, when I drive here." So you can't force people to be, um, you know, environmentally sound. You can't force our seniors to change what they've been doing. And seniors, you know, we're not thinking about the blue-haired ladies anymore. Our seniors are, you know, the baby boomers are aging. They're keeping their cars, man, and they want to drive where they want to go. doesn't mean they don't have a bike. doesn't mean that they don't recycle. But people in Southeast Queens traditionally have cars, and they are not listening to us, the people who are making these big decisions. I'll add that a lot of these people that are policymakers aren't even from here. You know, and not, I'm not talking about just from Rockaway. They're not even from New York. I mean, the mayor loves these people from Boston that, you know, have no clue about what it's like to live in New York City. And I'm, I'm sorry, I've been to other places. This place is unique. It's unique. Rockaway's unique. Queens is unique. Yep. And if you don't get that, if you don't understand, if you're not listening to the boots on the ground, if you're not listening to people like you who have lived here all their, li- all their lives, if you're not listening to people who serve on the community board that have the, community bo- the community's best interest, it just makes no sense. Okay, so um, let's... let's 
let's go back to uh, the announcement. Yeah, that, yeah the announcement uh, that you made that you're you're seeking re-election, which I don't think is a surprise to a lot of people. Um, I do remember uh, that when you first uh, declared that you were running, um, which uh, you know it was funny because at that time no one knew that Phil was stepping down. Um, I did, but I had to keep it a secret for a week, which was very difficult. Um, you know, I think other people knew, and they were held to the same promise. Uh, I knew that I, I, I said it. I said it when I wrote it. I said, you know, Phil had cast a giant shadow, and that, in in that he was, he was everywhere. You know, and he did not treat his office like maybe some other elected officials uh, that represent Rockaway. As well, I, this is only state level. I don't deal with city issues. I don't deal with state issues. I don't deal with federal issues. I don't deal. You know, he was so uh, responsive and accessible that I felt that whoever took over uh, was going to have a huge challenge. And I felt that when you ran against Alan Zwern, that for me, uh, despite the fact that your mom had served and that you know Phil had endorsed you. I had I had my doubts because I you know I just didn't I just wasn't sure you know I, you know giving the wave endorsing someone or or lending support to someone is a serious thing I take very seriously uh because I know that if I support someone that I'm going to hear about it you know oh you only asked you know you supported them because this or whatever but I ha- I'm happy to say that I think that um you proved a lot of people wrong uh, because they thought that uh, your uh, being a rookie in the political world mm-hmm. was going to overwhelm you, uh, that you weren't have you wouldn't get the juice of of you know uh, maybe somebody like Phil who had been around or uh, you know uh, somebody like Alan who could take advantage of the fact that he was a rookie and you know uh, you know that swell of republicanism that had you know taken over the country at that point. Or at least, at least, you know, to a certain extent. You know, obviously, we know how split Rockaway is when it comes to politics. Um, but I think that you know, you've proven that you will fight for this community. I think that you've proven that uh, there is no issue too small or too large for you to take on. Uh, you've shown the willingness to partner at times uh, with, you know, Councilman Ulrich, uh, you know, on issues. Uh, you've you 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 haven't lost your you've stayed on message you've 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 picked up the mantle that that Phil put you know put down you picked it up and you've run with it so my question to you is my first question is is that for all the stuff that you've gotten done and there, we've we've documented it all here at the wave. Um, what are some of the things that are still frustrating to you that you want to work on and that's why you want the chance to represent this area again? Well, first of all, thanks for that endorsement. <laughs> no, truly, um, I'm listening to you and you're saying it and there's part of me that's saying, you know, when you choose to run, run, run for your election, you're saying that, you know, no one's surprised, but the bottom line is the people have to believe that I have been representing them and that they'll come and support me at the end of the day on election day, right? So I don't take that for granted at all. And running and representing is all I know what to do. Like, there's no issue too small. 
which is the truth, and there's no issue too big that I don't think I don't have the chutzpah to take on, because at the end of the day, it's for the people of this community, of the whole 23rd Assembly District, and then sometimes the state. So to think of the issues that frustrate or what I still want to work on is probably at the same time my greatest victory, which is the Cross Bay Bridge, was getting that passed in the Assembly, was truly a grassroots campaign from the minute I started to talk to everyone and anyone. There's not a conversation in, you know, in conference, um, in my committee rooms, or, you know, meeting people as you, you know, go to receptions and you meet people that I did not talk about, that bridge, the only intraborough bridge in the state, to educate people. Because as generations change, many of my own colleagues did not understand or did not know about an intraborough bridge. So once you explain it, everyone was on your side, supported it. So that was really true hard work. It's not to say we've all had it. So in our own community, everyone says that issue's been going on for years. True. But outside the boundaries, we have to educate the people who have to support us in the assembly, which I did, which I did, and I'm so proud of that, to be the first um, elected official to have a pass in the assembly. At the same time, the frustration um, will be to, um, I'm not done. So, you know, getting it, um, the Senate to get on board, um, I think time was short. I believe that they're there. I think they were fighting amongst themselves with their own political um, infighting and whatnot. Um, what's going on, you know, in, in their numbers, but it's not to say that they weren't supporting it, and then ultimately um, to get it passed by the governor and to bring it there. So that I would still feel like, I'm not to say, check, it's done. That's still something that I find is unbelievable. The more people I meet who don't understand about the bridge and the toll and toll equity and what's going on with all that conversation is a so, very frustrating. So really, you know, you're going to have to have a lot of conversations. I'm sure, you've already had conversations with, you know, Senator Sanders and Senator Adabo, uh, really uh, trying to get as many votes as you can to get this thing passed. Correct, and it's leadership. So I would even say on the leadership side, um, they support it. I think at one point there wasn't enough to folks to support it because they were in a tie right now. But I think the leadership understood, understand on a basic level that that money comes right out of your pocket. You know, taxpayer dollars, and everyone understood. It makes no sense if you say you have to pay a toll to get to um, City Island, or I use people up in like Plattsburgh. You know, like so if you were going from one part of Plattsburgh to the other on Main Street, and you had to pay a toll, like you know, passing bridge, and everyone gets it. So it's a matter of now if it's going to be passed as a bill um, in the Senate, then for the governor to sign, or is it possible that the um, we've carved it out and it can be a budget decision? because they kept saying it's $9 million, uh, $19 million, and that's like 0.01% of the entire MTA budget. Find it somewhere else. You're not even fixing it what you're fixing, so give us a bridge and get over it already. Like, stop holding on to that. Like, it's the one negotiation. Let it go. No, so. I, look, you know, I, I, I think that the, the impetus was the, the closing of the, of the beaches and, and, you know, just the thought, I mean, just the, just the thought the thoughtless, um, how it was all handled uh, from beginning to end, very well chronicled mm -hmm. here in the wave. Just the, the, the fact that they would wait until days before Memorial Day. And, 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 and the thing is, I get all the, I get all the nonsensical, you know, I, look, Mitchell Silver cannot stand the wave, and that's fine. But he needs to do a better job. Parks Commissioner needs to do a better job. He's never here, and the only time he's here, he has these delusional dog and pony show press conferences where he takes bows for things that he had nothing to do with. 
That's the first thing. I got, I got that out. Um, but Parks does not work with us. Now, uh, you know, Porsche's leaving. I don't know who's coming in. I don't know if they announced who her replacement's going to be. But, you know, let's be honest. Porsche doesn't really have any power. You know, I think they... I, I think sometimes they put Porsche in place because she's so nice and, and so uh, cooperative. But at the end of the day, what power does she have? You know, the, the Parks Department uh, needs to do a better job of communicating with these people. And, and I, I, what I'd like to know is how your office can work, uh, you know, can, can, you know, kind of exert some will uh, when it comes to these decisions that are being made. Because it just doesn't make any sense to, to, to many of us who – who, you know, just couldn't believe how they could do that to the small, because you talked about it before, about small businesses. The city just doesn't get it. And, you know, I, it, it's very frustrating. Well, I think it's, it becomes local. I, I'll say the same thing to you. Frustrating? Sure. I mean, did, did I know? No one knew beforehand. So this was the conversation. So to me, it's really a breakdown of the system because you would think you would call your local elected, being a state or city, to say, hey, this is where we're at. And we're, we're probably going to have to close the beach. And then put them in a room to say, no, here's a solution. But just to dictate it, no one's going to take That's like taking medicine years ago and you get that weird shake afterwards. We're still shaking afterwards because you just did not want to communicate because you really wanted to do what you want to do. So, therefore, you're not wanting to help the people. There was no, that outcome, never, there was no positive outcome, no solution after you say you're closing a beach, Right. There's no, you did not work with anybody with their boots on the ground, and you said that. And that's the frustrating because, and I said it when we went to the parks hearing, you know, you didn't come talk to us. No one even said at an elected level. Let's just take, call it what it is. Let me call the, the city council representation, the borough president, and the state assembly people in that area, put them in a room and say, this is what we're opposed with. We are screwed. This is what's happening. And then put all our heads together. No. You say, uh, we know best. We hear the news. We, we all have so much knowledge. We're, we're fighting, you know, um, statistics from each other. We're saying this is the truth that happened. Um, you know, we're fighting for our event. Like, no one even cared about what that was going to happen. So even if we had to close the beach, the least listen to say, you need to do this, 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 and this. I called small business services. The first thing I said, holy crap, the businesses. What is going to happen to these businesses? Small business services said, oh, really? We didn't know the beaches were being closed. Failure, 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 failure. At that point, there was nothing that I felt I could really do if they didn't know to contact their own agencies to say, this is the situation in Rockway. I need this agency, this agency, and this agency in a room because we have to at least protect the people, the businesses, which most of our businesses are locally owned small businesses or we all live local, we work in a local business, that they thought to tell small business services, we have a situation. I'm the first phone call to say, hey, we, we have to talk. I'd even, I'm saying it to you even right now, and I was like, already felt defeated. So I dust off and say, all right, let's start making phone calls. Let's have a meeting. Let's start hitting it. Let's see who knows. How can we get out there and fight it? Let's, you know, try to get a Band-Aid, a Band-Aid. Let's, you know, put the oxygen mask on and then figure out how this happened. I mean, so that's a failure. I knew this was already a problem the minute they did not know. And they didn't want it. So they're not even letting their, like, own lateral agency know. I'm Parks, and I want to call Small Business Services. Um, we went to the hearing. And this is funny. We were just, you and I were talking before offline. Um, but there's an office called the Office of Recovery and Resiliency. And they're nowhere to be found because it's a parks issue. No. 
It's a beach issue. It's a resiliency issue. It's a DEP issue. It's everyone's issue when it comes to it. But it's, we're all dealing with parts. So, Mitch Silver, I, I have to give, you know, I'm, I'm supportive in a sense because he's a man out there on his own island taking on something that's Office of Recovery. There's, we had advocates in the city, in, in down in Washington that half of us don't know that are fighting battles, but no one talks to the people on the ground. So it's a failure of the administration, of everyone's communication. It's been like been trained not to talk. And, and for myself, I'm the complete opposite. I talk to everybody. I call everybody. I don't ever, ever say I'm the smartest person in the room, but I'm smart enough to call people who might know better than me. And I think that's what makes my office, you talked about those key words, responsive and accessible. I think that's what we are. We never say no. We don't ask what political party. We don't even ask what assembly district you're in. We don't ask if you're our city council representation. You call our office, we say, what can we do to you to help? And that's what we've been doing. Let's talk about uh, another uh, instance where, uh, and this is something that, you know, you were involved in last year, and, uh, you know, the wave was supportive of it. The original dockless bike, uh, when SPIN wanted to come in, yep. uh, SPIN understood they were proactive. They understood that there had to be a local piece, yep. right? They, had to un they, had, they knew that the dockless bike was going to be controversial, because of the fact that the bikes would be left around. And anywhere that there's been a dockless bike, despite the numbers of success and the, number, and the money that's being made, um, you know, there is the issue of the bikes being, you know, where are they going? Now, you know, and I hate to beat a dead horse, but I'm going to do it again. Spin understood the local piece. Uh, they they uh, had a contract with Paul's Bicycle Shop that – not only were they going to fix them, they were going to house them, they were going to help with the collection, they were going to hire locally. You and Senator Adabo and Eric Ulrich all you know, rode the bikes. We took pictures. Uh, I, I thought that it was very, they were very responsive. They understood what was going on. And then the city, and I, you know, and I, sell, I said it then, I said it at the press conference, everybody looked at me weird. I don't care. I said, this smells like mob tactics to me. You know, you're, you're telling, when the city said shut them down and cease and desist, you can't do this, then they brush them aside. They bring in their own, I'm sure these companies are fine, Lime and Pace and whatever the hell it is. I'm sure they're fine. But there was no thought, again, of the impact, not just on the local businesses. Now, now you have borders that invested all this money, uh, in addition to Paul's and, and you know, in, in, in renting bikes. Now you have a dockless bikes with no local piece, and on top of that, the, the beaches are, are not really open. I mean, they're open, but they're not open like they were open, and, and it's, like, it's like a double whammy. It's like, it's like a delusion on and disconnect on parade with, with, with this dockless bike situation, and I get it. There is a benefit to having it, but the lack of you know, the lack of thought that goes into this dockless bike thing. And it's a conundrum for you. I get it because I know that you're supportive of this kind of a program. But for the city to do what it did, now, it can, you know, they're like, oh, we didn't know what to do with, when it came to the beaches. We weren't sure. We had to wait. But, man, they really acted decisively in shutting down spin and bringing in lime and, and, and pace. No, I agree with you. And I think, again, it goes like to take medicine, like you need to take medicine, right? So we thought bike a doctor's bike sharing would, you know, whatever, would be a great program. However, again, like it's exactly what you're saying. There's not a conversation. And I hate to say, you come into Rockwell, you must speak with me. That's not what I'm saying. But I would well, think as a company, but, but I would think as a company, 
you would want to touch base with someone, again, born and raised here, have a feet on the ground, have a, you know, been successful in, in being with people in the community, having um, relationships, to say, we want to make sure that we're successful here. We want to have that peace. What would, what, have a conversation with me. No. The, you know, we, we get this big city contract, we come in and we do what we want and not caring. Because, right, where's the caring part of the community? So do you not want our business or it's only about what's down for the day? Because, again, here comes that resentment. There's got to be a balance between the growing beach community, the down for the day, the economy that grows with it, and the residential piece who's here for the rest of the year and have a healthy balance. And I agree with you. We like that conversation with Spin. They were coming in on their own to make that discussion and showing how they could be part of our community, this is not being part of our community. And that's where I think we all got a bad rub. Do I think it's great when I saw a local kid on the bike going probably to his summer job? Yes. Do I think when my own son was struggling with parking, I said, get on a freaking bike and figure out how to get to 116 because they're out there? Great. But the relationship, the community is not going to embrace because we are very protective over our small businesses. And until... Uh, the big government and everyone else realizes that locals are going to fight back because we're protective over poles. We're protective over borders. So we are not going to accept something. That's what makes local local, right? We're not going to accept that because you're shoving it down our throat. It goes back to everything else you could talk about, the homeless issue. When we shove down our throat, again, embrace us. We will support those programs. We support all sorts of things. Shove it down our throat, we're not going to take it. So it's hard to take the bike list the adopters program because you put us in this place that we, we, we you know, you damn if you do, you damn if you don't. Here's something at the state level but that's being proposed by um, Governor Cuomo, who's also running for re-election. Um, and that, of course, is the, uh, the tipped wage credit. Now, I asked uh, Governor Cuomo on Twitter, he didn't respond, uh, you know, have you ever been a waiter? Have you ever been a bartender? Because if you had, you'd know that this, this idea is ridiculous. It is awful. It is going to kill the very businesses that you think, the very businesses and the very individuals that do these jobs that you think that you're going to save, you're going to lose them half their jobs. So for those who don't know what we're talking about, um, I've been a waiter, I've been a bartender, you've been a waiter, and you've been a bartender, so you get this. Why is, you know, why is it so important not to... Uh, put this, you know, not the elimination of the of the tipped wage uh, tax credit. Like, what? Just explain it to people who just don't seem to get it, who've never done this job before. Well, there's two sides to it, right? So we're going to say there's an owner side, and then there's the the employee side. And the notion is that you have a lower wage, um, your hourly wage, because you're making all this bonus. We're not bonus. Tip. You're getting tipped. You're a tipped employee, which has, you know. In New York, 20%, there's a built-in mechanism to make better than minimum wage, is the concept. If you don't make better than minimum wage, you're supposed to get paid minimum wage by the employer, right? So the notion to get rid of it is that people should get one straight wage, that they're, they're, uh, they're getting robbed of their tips, um, um, that they are they're making minimum wage, their employer is not paying that. So there's two sides of this, and I think it's, it's a hard, it's not a hard conversation. There's laws in place. If you don't make minimum wage on a tip um, wage salary, then your employer is breaking the law, and we have to enforce the law instead of making another layer of bureaucracy. 
then it sounds very popular, or I dare say sexy, <laughs> sorry, Amanda, um, that um, we're saying that people are being abused as PIP employees, oh. right? That women are being harassed, that um, people have to basically, you know, sell themselves to get tips, to make those tip wages. False. I sat in the hearings. I was literally the last person they would give me, no, not that I would have preference treatment, but something happened and I waited to be the last person after a day long, and it was great. I was so happy I did that because I listened to everybody. There are so many happy TIPS employees for many reasons. A, they make a great salary. They have flexible hours. It's a whole industry base of who wants to be um, work in that industry for many reasons. I go to school and I can take a part-time job. I choose to be a professional server. I serve with pride at some of the top restaurants who make twice the salary I make a year. So there's good money to be made. Um, and taking it away takes away that whole industry. But the other side are the owners of the businesses. And unfortunately, I don't know where it's happened, but everyone thinks anybody who's a restaurant owner, big ones, we're talking about um, our local businesses, you know, even the city, they were naming, you know, one restaurant, you know, um, I can't think of what was name, um, that these, the owners of restaurants make tons of money. They don't. The, the margin is small. So, but there's not, there's ignorance out there, people not wanting to know, they think that you're in a business, and everyone who owns a business is rich. People who own a business have a sense of independence. They choose to be an independent, they make their hours, they work hard. But this would change them, and a lot of them would close because they could not. A lot of them afford. are closing now. A lot of them are closing now. When this first happened, when this first happened, so part of it is I was really surprised as I was like, there was only two assembly people who were speaking out against it, myself and Carrie Warner up in Saratoga. And when I was in Albany, I was asking every restaurant that I eat in, asking the waitresses what they felt and the waiters, and then asking what they, what they learned. And they were all like, we're going to be hurt because I'm not going to be able to get my same hours that I want. And a lot of them were saying that they would close. Because the business owner, this would be the, uh, could be corrected, but I think it's the 13th mandated increase in three years, or nine in three years, there's a, there's a number. I feel like somebody's going to text me right now. But there's an increase, um, nine mandated increase in three years. No one could take that wage. And the answer to that is they're saying they're still open because they're beg, borrowing, stealing everything they could to keep their businesses open. Again, locally small-owned businesses, not just here, Saratoga, Albany, Plattsburgh. Everywhere. There were people from all over talking about businesses. But this is changing the structure, and it shouldn't be done this way. Most wages have, that, have been changed through legislatively. So we're not having the proper, well, these are the hearings now. But I also sat in with is this whole group that come in from out of the state, that come in and lobby was an issue, right. and they come in and they all block it. They're all from one group, and they're talking about how the abuse to women, and they're using like the Me Too movement to turn it around. And there were uh, tons of women standing up for themselves. There were owners standing up that they would never accept women being abused. They would never accept any woman, and I shouldn't just say women, any employee being taken advantage of. They they fired. I asked the owners, and they absolutely have fired people who have um, tip theft, uh, wage theft, any type of thing that they felt that wasn't happening along their policies, that they fired employees for that. So it's such a crazy thing to change and um, uplift a whole industry. It's sad. It's sad. I don't know why we're doing it. I don't know why these hearings started or who got a bug somewhere to change a model that is working successfully.
we're, we're unfortunately out of time, but what I do um, want people to know is I want to have you, um, what is the best way for people to contact your office and, um, you know, to find out what, what different events that you're going to be doing uh, over the next, you know, uh, as, you, as you gear up for, you know, Election Day and things like that, uh, you know, are you going to be, you know, doing more events? I know you're going to have uh, mobile office hours, which we put in the paper last week. Just talk a little bit about uh, how people can contact you and what you have coming up. Well, first and foremost, you can always contact me at the office, 9516 Rockway Beach Boulevard. We're a walk-in office. We're there 95. Call us. Um, I have mobile office. I've increased it. We're all over the district. Uh, tonight I'll be at movie night at the library. Um, I'm sponsoring movie nights. I'll be at um, every um, night against crime. I, I, it's hard for me to say that because I know I'm on, uh, scheduled at every public event, um, anywhere that you know I feel people are that we could reach out. We have a table. We welcome it. I think the difference is that I put a table out at health fairs, um, any event. We have a table. My my team is there, so we welcome people to come up to us. Yeah, either you could say it's complaints, it's concerns, their opinion, things I don't know, then I get involved in. Uh, you know, involved a lot of things with the building. I'm at tenants meetings. I'm at shareholder meetings. I go everywhere that I'm invited to. So I think if you want to see me or if you haven't seen me, which I find it odd, um, please call the office and, and put us on your calendar so that we'll be on track for that. Because I do think um, people are busy. And uh, to reach me anyway, Facebook, um, Instagram, Twitter, but, you know, I, I answer my own messages, which everyone hates. Um, I answer the phone in my office. So I, I want to be as accessible as possible because I think with intergenerational, inter-social um, media ways, some people still write a letter. Yay! People still put a stamp on it, even the mail is failing us. Um, I think that's the best way uh, what your means is. But certainly calling the office is certainly the uh, best way to get to me, I think, the people to do that. Um, I do want to thank you for this. I, I will love to do it more often because there's one issue we didn't reach that I'm quite passionate about. Um, but I guess people can hear about it on the campaign trail. Um, it is very exciting to ask for a re-election. I think the first time was a whirlwind, but I really think re-election is the first that people are going to say, you're doing a job and we still want you out there to support us. So I'm, I'm happy for the opportunity to really represent this community, and I, I look forward to continuing that. And thank you. Thanks, Stacey. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.